One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Day three, the Cannes Film Festival, and this is the second special Truth in Movies podcast from the Quasset. Uh, as you may know, we've suspended usual broadcasting in favour of bringing you reactions and gossip and news from the world's biggest film festival. It's Michael Leader here, sitting across from head honcho of Little White Lies, David Jenkins. Hey there. Uh, we're sunning ourselves here on the balcony. I've literally only been here 24 hours, David, and already I'm in the Cannes spirit. Me too, me too. Although we're not quite on the balcony mm-hmm. as we were last time because we got a few people saying that there was too much ambient sea noise and laughter and joy in the background. So we're we, balcony adjacent. We're, we're moving inside a little bit just so you can hear our dulcet tones a bit clearer, I guess. Well, all shade is good for me as a ginger-haired man. But no, I'm in, I'm in the spirit. Had a few glasses of rosé. I'm, I'm happy. Not today. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, the, in the past two days in the evenings at normal time that you would have rosé. Mm-hmm. So. And I've had gelato, which you can enjoy any hour of the day. Exactly. Maybe many hours. Breakfast, mainly, yes. (laughs) But uh, already I've I've managed to fit in two films, although you're way ahead of me so far, David. Uh, Let's cover one that we've both seen this morning, which is a competition film, uh, Leto, directed by Kirill Serebrenikov, um, a filmmaker who he's five or six films into his career now, right? The last one was The Student. Mm -hmm. And now he's back with this biopic of the Russian rock scene in the early 80s. Yeah, it's a strange beast, this one. It might be worth adding as well that the context of the screening is that um, the director is currently under house arrest in, really? in Russia oh. and, uh, and has, has not been able to attend the festival. And at the, uh, the gala premiere, which happened last night, people were holding a big sign of his name and oh. the, the festival tried to get him over but mm-hmm. were, was, was denied in the end. It's weird because, like... Although this film, you know, it's about the 80s, it's about Russia, it's about kind of censorship in the world of rock, rock music and punk, the punk scene mm-hmm. and, the, and, and how those two kind of things exist, can exist together, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it does it in a very kind of loosey-goosey way. It's not yeah. like you don't come away from it thinking, oh my God, this is a horrendous critique of the a withering satire of, of, of corruption or whatever. And, uh, exactly. It's this bizarre film. It's the sort of film we, we are probably familiar with for Western music. I've seen the words 24-hour party people thrown around, maybe I'm not there, films about Western musicians. We come to this film with, I don't know about you, David, I know nothing about the Russian rock scene, the underground rock scene in the 80s, so this could have been fictional characters for me. But it, it plays with myth and nostalgia and the coming together of various musical styles and the, the anxiety of influence from the West in quite a, an interesting way, but without context, it 
Does it really add up to anything? It's a little bit whimsical, and, mm -hmm. and, and as a film, it's kind of shapeless. I mean, it, you, you have this kind of indie rocker. He looks like Pete Doherty, wearing like massive right. aviator shades. Would you say Pete Doherty? Pete Doherty. Or, or maybe someone at a primal screen. And then he kind of takes this younger, Demo Suzuki-like mm -hmm. character under his wing, who plays this kind of very um, quirky sort of guitar indie pop. And I think that there's, a, that there's this kind of mutual appreciation of each other's music and the sort of what rock deity takes the, the, the young upstart under his wing. And um, the film just sort of ambles on and it's just lots of scenes and there's these dream sequences and there's some really quite bad musical interludes mm -hmm. with kind of sing-along versions of songs like Psycho Killer by The Talking Heads and... The Passenger by Iggy Pop. Exactly, all the young dudes as well, all the young dudes. Not the hoople. And the, the one that, yeah, is, was very, very bad, I thought, was the, when they chose to do Lou Reed's Perfect Day. Ah, yes. That was like, it reminded me of that old uh, BBC ad. In oh, a, the, and not the, in a good way. The, oh, not in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Some, some of us think of that quite yeah. fondly, that BBC ad. But it's, it's a funny one, and diving into Wikipedia afterwards, you find out that the, the two musicians at the centre of the film and the two bands they form, which are Mike forms a band called Zupark and Victor, who's the Damon Suzuki-like character you mentioned, forms Kino, and they are basically the centre of this huge scene that rises up in the 80s and burns out in the early 90s in Russia. And with that information, maybe we could have got more from the film, but maybe it's the film too loose and baggy to really have that point anyway. What I liked about it was it reminded me a lot of Velvet Goldmine, the Todd Haynes film, which has a quite ambivalent approach to heroism and rock legend and myth. We have this recurring chorus-like character who pops up saying, you know, almost castigating the characters for not having more of a political spine or being more experimental with their music or more, you know, fervent on stage. But it's, I don't need to, it's a bizarre film. I need to ruminate this a bit longer. That's the problem with Cannes is that already we're onto something else. Exactly, way. yeah. One issue that I had as well is that it's got this, uh, in the middle of it all is this love triangle as well, oh, in yeah. that Victor and, and, uh, and Mike are both, are, like, they're kind of in love with the same woman, which mm -hmm. happens to be Mike's partner who, with whom he has a child. And she's very kind of a passive presence in the film and sort of, you know, she sort of, between the two guys and yeah just I really would have liked a sort of stronger female presence in the mm -hmm. film really uh, than someone who's very just subservient to the needs of the rock the rock gods and the lyric writers and the, the these guys who are creating serious art and mm -hmm. you know tearing up the rule books and all that kind of stuff so yeah it did not a full success for me no full success for me either and that was Leto the Serbianikov competition film yeah um, which is the, only the second competition film I've seen. Last night, the first film I saw was Yamadine, this uh, Egyptian film directed by A.B. Shorkey, which was a strange way to start the festival for me, really, because it's a very sweet film. It's this almost road movie of the main character, played by Radhi Gamal, who I presume is a non-actor or a first-time actor. He's a, a man with leprosy, and he's playing a leper in the film, and it's a sort of state-of-the-nation road trip where he goes around, tours around Egypt, to go up to find the family that gave him up for adoption to this colony that he spent his life. Uh, but along the way, he comes up against various prejudices and various other characters that he meets. And it seemed very, I don't know, after-school special for me, yes. really. It's something, when you come to Cannes, you expect films of great import or films that make great statements. But it felt very cosy. 
it lacked a certain artistry, I would mm -hmm. say, this one. It didn't really... Um, it's a very kind of... Wears its sort of sentimental side on, on its sleeve mm -hmm. very much. And uh, th there is a lot of kind of low-hanging fruit there that it kind of grabs at. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you've got this kind of cute young kid and he, he, there's a bit where he has an accident and Bechet has to, like, get him to a hospital and he, there's all this confusion mm -hmm. and... It's very much played like long lingering shots of him looking sad and mm -hmm. wondering how he's going to like work things out. And you also have many people uh, in the back, like background characters who will just sort of point and laugh at him and call him a freak. And, and they, I think that I believe the title is actually translated to Beast, which is oh. the uh, nickname given to uh, Bechet when he was when he was young he was and kid, he was yeah. first developing the disease. But yeah, it's um, it's very syrupy and it's very, I mean, it's. One of my most hated things, actually, and it, it, I think it might be a, a sort of term that has developed more recently in the kind of world of, of film criticism, it, it's feel good. Yeah. And when you describe a film as feel good, mm -hmm. which is like, you know, generally someone who is in a sort of place of disadvantage overcomes a, a problem or, mm -hmm. or an issue, and it's got that kind of feel good vibe to it, and, it, and add, added to which, enhanced by this kind of very overbearing score. Really overbearing, yes. Whenever there's a shot of a landscape, it is this great adventurous score, or whenever there's a, a shot of great emotional import, there's syrup is dripping from the yes. speakers. I'd like to suggest, if we're going to be suggesting any special awards going forward for the, for the festival, we know the Palm Dog is something that's given every year for canine actors. This film has a good contender for the Palm Donkey. The Palm um, Donkey, Harvey yes. Harvey the Donkey is very cute and gives him a pretty uh, affecting performance. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's no, not quite the most affecting in the film. That would probably be a bit brutal. But yeah, no, this has got some excellent donkey performing in it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, Palm Donkey contender. Contender, sure. maybe even uncontended. Yeah. But, so what else have you seen so far, David? So um, just picking up two films that I've seen uh, that are playing uh, in slightly uh, non-competition non slots. One in the uncertain regard slot of interest is called uh, Rafiki. It's a first time uh, Kenyan film. The first time a Kenyan film has ever been in the official selection in Cannes. Um, it's already been banned in Kenya because of its subject matter, which is a very sweet, again, that word saccharine, mm. teen romance between two young female teenagers. Um, right. I guess it's an important film in the way that it is broaching this very kind of taboo subject and the twist is that you have these two local politicians who are fighting an election against each other and it's their daughters who have fallen in love with each other. So you've got that kind of, you know, these rivals being brought together in this kind of strange, unexpected way. Uh, the director is, na is, is named uh, Wanuri Kahui, mm -hmm. um, a Kenyan director, female, and she, she I mean, it's, a, it's an impressive first film. I think she's got a really good eye for, for colour, framing, mm. and just capturing the beauty of the landscape, and just filming people. I mean, the, the two lead actresses are just, they, they sort of look great in every single shot. But the script is a little bit kind of clunky, and the, the sort of, the way it goes, I mean, you can pretty much, from the first kind of tentative glance across the street, when the lovers, the would-be lovers clap eyes on each other, you can kind of fill in the dots from there, really. Right. Um, but it's a really nice little film, and I wouldn't—I I would expect it to, you know, travel quite right. far because, uh, yeah, it's—it's it's got a kind of—it's it's got a certain power to it, even though it's a bit rough around the edges. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just saw another film called *To the Ends of the Earth*, and that was in the um, director's fortnight strand, uh, which is kind of 
about 10-15 minutes past the main palais where all the competition films are screened at the, in the director's fortnight. Um, it's a film called To the Ends of the Earth by Guillaume Nico, French filmmaker. It's a really dark and brutal kind of horror war film set in the years following the Second World War uh, in sort of French-occupied Indochina. Uh, it's about a, a soldier who witnesses his brother and sister-in-law mutilated by a, a Vietnamese uh, general or, or a kind of uh, this, this kind of mystical character, mm. a bit like Colonel Kurtz. And he's thrown into a mass grave, believed to be dead, but he actually survives and crawls out and vows this vengeance. And it's him rejoining the French army over there and attempting to, to locate this guy. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's lots of like gore, lots of beheadings, lots mm. of graphic sex. I mean, there was a very funny moment in the screening where the sort of elderly French couple who had obviously sort of taken a gamble on this one because maybe because Gerard Depardieu has a small role in it as a kind of, the main character goes to Depardieu to, and to hear, so Depardieu fills in the plot for him, so. Um, but yeah, there's a graphic sex scene and as soon as it came up on the screen, these, this French couple just uttered to one another, Ah non! <laughs> very loudly, and everyone laughed around them, which was, which was very charming. But, that's, a, um, that's a good can moment. There. Yes. So, what's we got coming up, or what news have we got today? Any, any can gossip, any can headlines? Well, I guess the big thing is that the, the new Terry Gilliam film, The Man Who Killed uh, Don Quixote, was kind of, it was in flux whether it was going to actually play or not in the festival due to a, a lawsuit over rights and ownership. But it seems that yesterday, it was called in favour of the festival, so the okay. film will be playing. And uh, also there was weird, slightly sort of strange news of Gilliam himself suffering a small stroke over the weekend, but oh. apparently he is now right. as right as rain. Right and has post posted pictures of himself jumping around in, a, in an English country garden, so that will be happening. Sounds uh, good. And actually, Harvey ha might have some contention there for the Palm Donkey. Exactly. And yeah, so we've got... Coming up tomorrow, we're going to be talking about the new Pavel Palakowski film, Cold War, mm -hmm. um, which is a, a romance set in kind of across Europe in the, again, the years following the Second World War. And then we're going to talk about a film called Petra by Jem Rosales. So Jaime Rosales, maybe? Jaime you Rosales. You talk about director's fortnight. I'm going down there later tonight to watch that film. So a bit off the beaten path, but highly recommended. I've, okay. I've heard I don't know really anything about it, so I'll be keen to hear about that. So, yeah. um, so we'll check in tomorrow on those films. Thank you for listening. Any comments, please let us know on Twitter at LWLies or at truthandmovies at tcolondon.com. And as always, this has been a 7 Digital production. on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.